Hey everybody, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks to everybody who listened to my last episode on Pat Labor. I had more fun recording that than I thought I would, in all honesty, because I like that show, but it's old, and like I said in the episode, it's old in a way where you don't need to, to like talk about it, you don't need to watch the whole thing, because just the way the show went, there's filler in there, but I like having the opportunity to talk about it regardless anyway. Um, so this, as, as this is normally released on Thursday, I got my, I went and got myself, of course, tickets to the, to that new anime movie Fireworks that's coming out, um, in New York City on Thursday night because I'm a moron. Um, and the day before is the next, the other days are weirder times. Um, that I couldn't make, so Thursday was kind of my only point. So this is actually, uh, and yes, I'm breaking the fourth wall here, is actually recorded in advance. Um, if you didn't know that the podcast were recorded in advance, I don't know what to tell you. My sweet summer child, you have lived a life that I, I and many others do not know. Um, but... Regardless, I'm really looking forward to seeing that movie. I also might want to see the new um, Misaki Yuasa movie coming film coming out called um, Nut called Night is Short, Walk On Girl. Mostly because it's just got like the most experimental album by the Beatles from the '60s name ever, and it's. But Misaki Yuasa's stuff tends to move really fast for me in a way that I'm not really not into because it just it just moves fast and I I I don't have a problem following it but I that's just that's a lot of paying attention. <laughs> If that makes any sense. I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to do that. I, I did it for all of um Devil Man Crybaby. I talked about that here on the pod on the podcast. You can find that somewhere in the feed. At some point, all of my chronological stuff from shifting from um the app bumper to my own thing to for a while to now to um I record using Anchor. Um, well, actually, I record on my computer because I like owning my own files because I'm not insane. Usually, I record on my computer. But um, I upload everything to Anchor, and Anchor takes care of all the particular bullshit. It, it It's how you hear me every week on the dot. I can program stuff in Anchor, and it just gets done, which is really nice. But, um, so I talked about Devilman Crybaby, but... All of Misaki Yuasa's stuff tends to go that fast. I mean, to Tommy Galaxy, it's like flash banging dialogue into your brain, if possible. Um, and I, it looks this looks a, um, the new movie that he's got coming out, um, Night is Short, Walk On Girl looks a lot like the Tommy Galaxy 
and it's by the same it's an adaptation of a book by the same author that did Eccentric Family, which I don't think I've talked about yet here. But if you haven't seen Eccentric Family, that show is fucking amazing. <laughs> For a whole bunch of reasons. But um, I'm not sure I've talked about it yet here. But that's not what I'm talking about tonight. Tonight I'm talking about a different show I really like called Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. who don't know, which is probably all of you, because why would you object the voice in your phone on the internet, or from the internet, rather? Um, I grew up loving music. I have very little talent to play it. I played the drums when I was in, like, fifth grade, and um, got... I'm going to call it let go. Not because I wasn't necessarily good at drumming, although... Being a one-handed drummer is, like, the only person you're compared to is the one-handed drummer from the Death Leopard. And that's not a bar a fifth grader can reach, yo, so I was probably never going to, like, get my shit together to be that good. um, Unless I practiced real hard, which, you know, I have issues doing that now, and I'm 29. Fifth grade Alex was not was certainly not much better. But, um... So, I've I've always... But I've always loved music, and I've always messed around with music apps, and, I mean, I can make a mean tune in GarageBand, um, because it gives me the part to play with, and I can, like, throw some shit together that sounds real good. Um, but... In addition to that, the first recording software I ever used was a, um piece of software that is actually very expensive called Cakewalk. And what Cakewalk is, is it's a studio-grade, like, serious, professional, full-board layout, recording management, recording creation software. And 
at the time I used it, um, I want to say in the lay in the early uh, in the early two thousands, maybe the late nineties, probably the early two thousands. It was like you could pick up a drum beat, drop it on there, and you could pick up a guitar beat, drop it on there, and the software would help you make it sound like something cool and good. Um, that's since been filtered down into stuff like GarageBand, which you can get on your phone for free, and you can throw some shit together that sounds like hotness. Trust me. And the reason why I say that is because I, I think it's T-Pain who he produces stuff out of GarageBand, which is really amazing. But the reason why I'm getting so into music is because you haven't seen Beck, Mongolian Chop Squad, it's it's about rock and roll. It's about music. It's about music culture. It's about, like, all of those things. Unfortunately, the show... This is, a, this is an instant where I... like That I like to call... You get a window into the universe of an actual story from a show. Um... Beck, the manga is about, I think it's like 51 volumes long, and it's this like long, winding epic about not just like these kids who form a band, but their place in the larger music industry in the entire world. Um, but because, uh, for no real reason that I can gather, I mean, I, I read the entire Beck manga and I find it kind of really great and amazing. Um, the anime only covers maybe the first volumes. And it, it does a really good job of covering them. It goes almost panel for panel. And the reason it probably covers those first couple volumes panel for panel is because it's a hard stop point. And we'll get to that um, a little later in the podcast. But basically, Koyuki, as he encounter, as he first like, he's living this kind of pathetic middle schooler life, and he just he doesn't really know know what he wants to do. He doesn't really want to do anything. He's kind of stuck. But he's also kind of this wimpy kid who no one really respects, so no one really pays them, pays any attention to him, and if they do, they beat the shit out of him. I mean, um, there's a character in the show and in the manga who gets way more fleshed out in the manga named Haido, and Haido is this, like, school bully who wants to be a rock and roll badass, and he just, like, beats up crap out of Koyuki on multiple occasions. It's... Uh, it's not... It, it... The bullying has a real has a realism element to it. It's not like, oh my god, these teenagers are monsters. No, they're like, they're teenagers being shitty teenagers to other teenagers. That's how it goes. Um, but eventually... Koyuki encounters um, the the kind of the other K 
character that this show, that this story revolves around, a guy named Ray. And Ray is this, like, um, what's the best way to put it? Imagine imagine the kind of guy who is a, a Japanese guy who's as Kurt Cobain as he could probably get. And uh, in the in the show, they go into it as kind of the epilogue. But in the manga, they actually like they visit Kurt Cobain's house and all this other stuff. They go to America and blah 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 blah. But um, so Koyuki encounters this guy, and from that point on, he's at first slowly, but then very quickly drawn into like, joining a band and playing guitar and, in particular, singing. And I will have put the the opening of the show in in the beginning of this episode. But I want to put, um... And I'm going to put the end of the... The ending of the show in at the end of this episode, like I normally do. But I want to put, actually, a song right here. Um, to kind of, so you, if you haven't seen this show, which once again you really should, I think it's, I think it's all available. It's, I think it's all available on Funimation, but don't quote me on that. But you can definitely, like, DVDs are out there. I have, I have, like, I actually bought, I started buying these all in singles, and then I at some point got for Christmas a, um, DVD box set, so I have it basically twice, which I'm cool with, because I, I will totally account for two two sets of their, two sets of those DVDs, since it's a really fun, awesome show. Um, but, so I'm gonna put a, a song, probably Moon on the Water, right about here. <laughs> Now, I don't want to put the entire song because that would seriously pad out the podcast and these things are already an hour, so I'm probably going to take the first verse or something and stick it in. But, um, so now that you've heard, like, kind of the way, at least in the English dub version, Koyuki is... Actually, I think that's the Japanese version I put in there, but um, Koyuki sings this sings really well. At least the show pitches it as such. And that's where it gets unfortunate in terms of the fact that it the manga was not really adapted completely. It, the manga does a great job of demonstrating that Koyuki sings like 
fucking angel because every time he sings, there's just god rays come out of him and everybody shuts up and they're like, holy shit. Um, they do a pretty good job with it in the show proper, but I mean, the way. The way it feels like he suggested, like it suggested he sings, is like George Michael. And the way that he actually sings isn't like. It just doesn't. Doesn't. The way he sings in the anime doesn't jive as well, but I'm happy it's there because that's really what this show revolves around. It revolves. It very quickly come to revolve around Koyuki's ability to, you know, belt one out, for lack of a better term. But, um, the show does such a great job of capturing what it's like to get into, not just music, but especially music, but to get into something for the first time and to get into something that is not that many many other people will not choose to do so um as an example i'm sure all of us can remember the first time we like our, our first volume of manga my my first volume of manga i still have it somewhere probably in a bin in my garage um was volume 4 of magic knight raya I think it was. I think the original printing date was like 1989. Like it was the like it was the first printing of this volume, and like it's so old, the cover's falling off. And the person who gave it to me was this uh, upperclassman girl who I knew in middle school, and she gave it to me. I she gave it to me as a Christmas present, I think. And it was, like, my prized freaking possession. I must have poured over that thing 10, 12 times, at least. But it, it was... And in this and it was kind of the same thing as happened to Koy, as Ray introducing Koyuki to music because it, at the point at which he does, Koyuki has seen kind of part of this world... He has kind of been a bystander, and Ray very quickly says, "Yo, I think it's time for you to participate." Um, and the fun, but the funny part is that Koyuki, for as good as he is at singing, he uh, he eventually gets pretty good at guitar. But the joke, the running joke, is that like his singing is what people show up for. His guitar is kind of what people sit through, um, and they. But the other thing this this show does is it creates all these personalities. It creates all these personalities in the music that like revolve around music. And are these incredible, bizarre, weirdo personalities that could only exist kind of in the music world. Um, if you haven't noticed from the, or you're not aware, somehow you've been living under a rock and you like popular music, but you've still been living under a rock. 
music awards are the most fun awards generally because people show up to those things in a really unique, bizarre way. And if you want a great example of what I'm talking about, just pop over onto YouTube and look at any of the MTV Music Awards from anywhere in the 90s, really. Anywhere in the 90s. Like, the 90s was, like, prime super fucking weird. Like, um, so, for example, I rappers would bring, like, their whole extended giant crew, and they'd all come in in, like, these giant hummers and just, like, roll out and be wearing jean jackets and shit, and they did not give a fuck. Or, basically, anything that Little Kim wore for most of the 90s is just, like, you just have a sticker on your nipple, and we're tolerating this. Huh? Or, um, the fact that Madonna sung a song with a bunch of, with the gorillas who were holograms. Uh, what I'm trying to say here is that music is filled with lovable weirdos and people who are, or not to- tolerated isn't the right word, but people who are boosted because of their talent first. I mean, Eminem is a perfect example. If you've ever heard Eminem speak, um, it's like hearing a crazy person. (laughs) Like hearing a crazy person who drifts in and out of sanity. But he is intensely intelligent and intensely talented at what he does. He's probably one of the best people ever to do to rhyme in the way he does, to rap that way. But if he what but if he did if he had stopped just short of being that talented, he probably would have never gotten a shot. The um Dr. Dre is another bizarre like he has had a bizarre life. Um but he did the people in music are allowed to be odd because generally if they're in music and they're and you've heard of them, they are very, very, very good at something and that translates into record sales somehow. Um, and music has a high tolerance for the kind of crazy that other places don't. So, like... A politician sleeps with somebody they shouldn't. They, like, get lambasted and dragged through the dirt. And that's not completely... But in music, it's like this big, amorphous, weird thing. And then everybody sleeps with everybody. Everybody knows everybody. People marry and unmarry and all this other junk. And all this other junk. Um, But... And it's just tolerated because it's like... They're, they're, like, talented, artistic, bohemian people. And if you listen to any label talk about how they want to run, they always talk about, like, acquire... They talk about two things. They talk about acquiring talent, acquiring talent and how they want to treat their artists. It, it, 
a graphic designer is not an artist. A graphic designer is a utilitarian job that you go into an office every day and you accomplish something. But musicians are viewed as artists and for like people who are like CEOs of huge companies like Sony, Warner Brothers, um any number of the other labels I can't name off the top of my head. MTV also, um, and VH1 even. For them to just be like, well, I guess um, Trent Reznor is not going to come out of his hotel room for the next week. Something will happen eventually. Um, is really unique because it requires a kind of tolerance of risk that is uh, nigh on legendary. And if you want kind of like a great dive into the music world and the way it works, I highly recommend that you find a way to watch the Defiant Ones from HBO. HBO is like did this documentary that is basically how Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine Beams got from dirt nothing to selling beats to Apple for, like, millions of dollars. Um, and it's a really... But along the way, they take you through all these different, like, bands and musicians, and they interview all these people, and you get this really great crystallized vision of parts of the music industry that you don't really get in any other way. But, anyway, that gives you an idea of why... Characters like Saito, this like 50 year in back at least, why characters like Saito, this like 50 some odd year old battler who is like the most profane, perverted psycho ever, <laughs> is also this like golden guitar god <laughs> who just happened to be like, I, who happens to be like like, the creepiest. He learned guitar for the creepiest reason, but because he learned it the way he learned it, he is amazing at it. Eventually, he teaches Koyuki. Eventually, he goes out with Koyuki's teacher, which is really weird. It's Koyuki's, like, music teacher, which is really strange. Um, but you also meet characters like, um, I think his name is Sai? S-A- S-I-S-A-I. Um, no, his name is Saku. Saku. Um, S-A-K-U. And Saku is, like, just this, like, super chill drummer dude. (laughs) It's the best way to kind of pitch him. He's just a super chill drummer dude. And, um, you you meet a character named Chiba, who... Originally, is this like uh, Japanese hip hop guy, and Japanese hip hop is its own very specific odd thing. Um, and then you meet, and you meet all these characters along the way who are taking like different paths through the music industry that they deem are more impressive. Um, but what this show does a great job of doing does a great job of showing is that 
it's not about it, it that music is not solely about selling nine million records. Um, bands like Nirvana get big, sure, but there are like lesser known bands that set that influence music in a really in really incredible ways and we'll never know them because we're not seeking them out this happens a lot in hip-hop hip-hop there are all these different like mixtapes and stuff thrown around um that helps other things come about in the future like um on Kanye West although you know Kanye West it's his own bucket of chicken or bucket of crazy or whatever you want to call it um he featured on his last album a artist called 070 Shake and I would have never known that or checked out her her album without hearing her and being like who the heck is this let me go check out this person and hip hop does a great job of that but most other, but lots of other music, musical musical genres don't have that framework built in. So, unless you're like the Beatles, it's hard for you to break out and be influential, but also your own thing. And the and you and when you're following when you're following as the viewer or the reader, I suggest being both. Um, I suggest watching the show and reading the manga. You'll get more out of everything that way. Um, you you come to realize slowly but surely that you're following a band that is on its way to being both of those things, to being a really influential, really important band, but also being a band that people listen to and that people know and that's, like, has a level of notoriety that's beyond just, like, the musicians' musicians or the chefs' chefs or the artists' artists kind of thing. Um, and... Like I said, along the way, you meet a lot of people who are, A, based on real musicians, or B, so convincingly crafted to be a kind of musician that exists in reality, um, that you can't, like, you can't, you kind of can't look away from it. You're, like, you're kind of amazed, like, uh, at how spot-on the manga, the manga author, who I think his name is Harold, Harold something, um, wrote these characters, and you get a sense that you're reading something written by somebody who totally who has followed the music world for decades in a way that most of us don't that in a way that not even I really don't I did at one point but I don't now for 
people who have no idea why I would do that of my own accord. I, at one point, I probably couldn't do it competently now, had passed the radio certification test, which means that I am technically allowed to, without supervision, actually with supervision, because I'm only a class 4 DJ, run a radio show live on FM or AM radio, whatever I choose. Now, I don't do that because I don't like being super stressed out and operating a switchboard, but, you know, I could, if if push came to shove, I could be like, hey, you stay here, we're putting on a show. Um, but the way that the show depicts all that and particularly depicts, like, the interweaving of that and, like, the building of like, relationships over time and over, like, oh, man, we played a festival with these guys. Like, they remember us and, like, we're cool to, like, traveling all over the world, to tra- traveling to America and putting on, like, a cheapo weirdo, like, we're all crammed into a van for a week for, like, two months tour. Uh, it's really specific and excellent. And, um... I think his name is Harold Suzuka. Harold Suzuka, don't quote me on that, though. His favorite band is actually the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That came out in an interview. Um, and so all of his all of his eye catches for the manga are straight-up recreations of Red Hot Chili Pepper album covers, of which I know quite a few of them, with the with all the characters from Beck. Or with some characters from Beck. Now, up until now, I've been leaving out something, the kind of secondary plot of this show, which is Koyuki's, like, love life, to put it mildly. And what I mean by that is he has a... He... He... Gets a crush on, and then pretty quickly has a has a concrete relation. Has at first a kind of like friends with benefits, shaky weirdness relationship with, but then a concrete, like definable boyfriend girlfriend, goofball together, sleep together relationship with Ray's little sister Maho. And in the beginning of the show, they pitch the idea that Maho is being set up to basically be a J-pop idol. Um, Slowly, but he's, like, parties with, like, uh, American-born, like, half-Japanese, half-American, what they call Hafu people, and she had this whole world to herself, but... uh, and they they play up the melodrama in the show pretty well on that score. Like uh, you always know, you always know in the back of your head that Maho and Koyuki will be together at the end of it. But they do it. But the way they tell that the story of their relationship 
you never quite you never quite sure in the front in the front of your head you're never quite sure you're like there's no way that she goes with this dick bag with this like wannabe j-pop asshole <laughs> um but there's a possibility that she could and in brief and there are brief moments when she's like she is not thinking about how it looks to the guy she actually likes and she just does kind of what she thinks she wants to do and then later she finds out like oh no this guy's just trying to get in my pants again fuck off dude and then she goes and finds Koyuki and that that is it's not it's not ab it's not abnormal <laughs> this this show does a really good job of make of making definitely the music like the all the characters have three dimensions but all the like musician characters have three dimensions like you find out that like Haido just really I like I said earlier you find out that like the school bully Haido just really wants to like start a band and later on in the manga not in the anime you run into a um you run into him and he started a band and he's like struggling to get it off the ground but he's trying it and you're like oh that's kind of cool and Koyuki's like good for you man <laughs> like hopefully you get somewhere with that and they kind of they leave on like equal terms instead of like different terms instead of like bullied and bully terms but um and it shows that character growth in all the characters, including the main character, which is really great. By the end of the story, Koyuki is this... He, he, he's gone from someone who is like incapable of conceiving of himself as a talented person to being a person who is really aware of his talent and can use it almost as a utility that he has constant access to. Um, which is really mind-blowing because lots of artists, not just musicians, start out like, you kind of can't control what comes out of you. Like, if you're drawing, you're like, ah, I'm, I'm not getting lines I want, I'm not getting everything, I, anything else I want, start over and maybe the next one will be better. And yes, there is always going to be some amount of that. Yes, you, you're always going to make mistakes. But over time, you can learn how to you can learn you can learn how to fine tune your skill set so to be so specific that you're no longer solely relying on talent so for example i mentioned graphic designers earlier on because i went to school for graphic design i was a fairly successful graphic designer for many, many years. That's now no longer what I do, but I, in my current job, it is actually part of what I do. So if I need to design a sign, 
I can op I can open I can open up the project and I can go from A to B really quickly and I can do I can do exactly what needs to be done without thinking about it. Too too hard, hopefully. If I'm not tired. Now, that wasn't always the case, but ten years or nearly ten years of me doing that thing over and over and over again, of me designing things over and over and over again, has taught me it's not rocket science. Here's what you can do. Do it, idiot. And then it's just done. It's hard to imagine that for something like music, but it it, it gets there. And this show does a great job of being like, it definitely gets there, and this is what it looks like when someone's starting out, and this is what it looks like when they have enough experience to confidently just be like, okay, here was here's what here's the lyrics I'm singing, thinking here's what here here it is stretched out and like in depth and everything in a couple minutes, and people are just like constantly amazed with that because they they don't have access to that skill. And other character, characters see that in him pretty early. The character that sees that skill set in Koyuki really early is actually Maho. And that's why she comes back to him constantly instead of, like, dealing with, like, the jerk asshole wannabe J-pop star who eventually becomes this like amazing headliner J-pop star. This show does a great job of saying like, oh yeah, like you remember that asshole who was a real dick who you wanted to, who you wanted to get his? Uh, he he actually ended up being a huge star, but he's still not happy because he didn't get everything he wanted, which in the show's case includes Maho as an object, basically, which is insane. Um, but this show is about, like, what if we were the cool, grungy, awesome band, and what if we could really do that? And it, it does that really successfully, but the, another thing it does is it shows you kind of how different the music industry starting a band in Japan is starting a band here. If you want to start a band here, do you have a garage? Great. Can you get a guitar off of eBay? Great. Go for it. In Japan, yeah, guitars aren't guitars aren't made there, obviously, but like really guitars can be really expensive. Um just like everything can be really expensive cuz tons of stuff is imported for that country. Um but they also need a space to practice because practicing out of your garage isn't exactly copacetic. So, like, you can rent spaces, you can rent practice spaces for mu music and band recording practice sessions all over Tokyo. And they do that, and they they show the culture around that. They show the culture around going to and playing at live, and they show the culture around, like, going to see other bands, and going to see opponent, like, comp like comp competing band, or going to see, um, 
like ba- bands who have just started kind of under you and seeing how other bands handle performing. Japan has a huge, like, wild, bizarre underground music scene that I can best be probably compared to the underground music scene in, like, 1980s New York. There's just, like, all kinds of, like, wild bands that play all kinds of weird shit all the time. And this show is really kind of... At its best, it's a love letter to all of that stuff. And they also do the part where it's like, there's like a mysterious plot going on. There's a Kurt Cobain stand-in. There's a Courtney Love stand-in. The Kurt Cobain character killed, dies like while on the phone. There's an assassination. There's an assassination plot. There's an evil like hip-hop label like megalomaniacal CEO there's a dude from Newark New fucking Jersey which is wild to me since I live in New Jersey like reading this reading this and having been to New Jersey to Newark recently um I don't live in Newark but I've been there recently um reading this manga reading the manga for Beck and having a character come up who just is rap thug from New Jersey was fucking wild. <laughs> I was just like, God damn it. Well, I mean, he's not, they're not wrong, but fuck, man. So, I, I mean, this show does a great job with all that stuff. If it, like I said earlier, if it ha- if I had to place, put a bow on what it does maybe badly, is the anime ends really early in the story. It ends at kind of the first crescendo applause moment in the story. And the manga, uh, teeters out in a way that it had to eventually because they introduced all these crazy awesome like characters like a dude who just looks like Mr. Bean who's an like amazing music producer um a dude whose favorite phrase is don't leave home without it who just looks like hobo Santa Claus um but the show, the manga and the story eventually had to end. It just, they found there was no satisfying way for it to end, so it had to stop. And it did stop, and but the way that it stopped was just like, there was, in a way, was like, there could be more of this in the future. Um... It does not. It does not get as twisty and topsy turvy as something like Nana does, which is another like battle, of, like music, manga, anime. But the 
what and the story does eventually even things out. It makes it very clear. It makes a very clear note when the when they're just like, okay, we're done with the melodrama. Like the story is done with the melodrama between, like the will they won't they of stay together of Koyuki and Maho and they're just gonna be a couple now and it's not gonna it's not going to be a concern anymore. We're not and we're going we're not going to write it like it's a concern anymore. We're going to write it like they are a couple who can't always be together and they're fine with that. So that they can focus on the like main story and that's a really great that's a really great way to like slowly fade something out of keep it there but don't keep it there so but don't keep it there in a way that's so big that it eclipses what you really want to do with the story um even in the melodramatic like maho stuff it does a good job of like presenting that resolving it somehow uh, you resolving it somehow you usually almost always positively somehow and then moving on to the next like moving on to the main story beat that it wants to focus on um but if you haven't seen the show I super recommend it obviously it was kind of like a it, this manga like took me in a way that I hadn't like the, the manga specifically but the anime also took me in a way that I just was not prepared for at the time I encountered it I was just like whoa whoa this is why I'm super into anime um, and I, I found it in high school, um, but definitely go check it out. I should be all available. Let me, let me live check right now and see if it's all available on Crunch, on, not on Crunchyroll, on Funimation. Um, disclaimer, this is not <laughs> brought to you by Funimation. I feel like I need to say that now since I keep noting where all these shows are. Uh, but... Da, 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 da. B-E-C-K... Search? Really? Um... Mon... Golian... Really? Um, I, I may have lied. Hold on. Um... Back anime dreaming back anime stream that should get me where I need to be. Um, okay, back anime stream. Uh, but 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 um. I think you can find it on Hulu, actually. Oh, no. That's... It's not available on Hulu. Um... It's available somewhere. I would be stunned if it kind of wasn't. Um... 
Let's try and force Funimation. Fun. Oh, and before I um, forget, the last thing I really wanted to talk about was the way they use music in this show. And I'm not just talking about, like, this stuff they sing or any of that crap. I'm talking about... You, you can find this on Funimation. I'm just... I'm just an idiot. Um, but the way they use music in the show to punctuate... Like the the um, the emotional points of the show. So um, early on in the in in not early, like maybe halfway through the anime, the scene when the scene when Maho is just like, I mean, I decide to hang out with like the douchey guy trying to get in her pants instead of Koyuki. Koyuki gets ultra depressed. And he backslides into listening to this, like, generic J-pop girl, like, girl, like, um, idol that he listened to when he really had no idea what he wanted to do with his life. But when Ray invites him into the band, or invites him into kind of like the rock and roll lifestyle, for lack of a better phrase, I know it's corny, he, like, gives them all these all these, like, CDs and, like, music to listen to, and that's what he, and he, when he's, like, you can tell when he is at his best by what music he's listening to. Um, they also have a hilarious, hilarious, um, fake manga that everybody's obsessed with it's this fake girly manga called Happy Sangokushi, which if if there is a spin-off of this show, it should be like um what's it called? Uh what's that show? Um it should be like Gen Genshiki no, not Genshiki. Um it should be like um like, like that show about it should be Genshiken style, and they should just spin off Happy Sangokushi as its own weird fucking thing, <laughs> which would be so left field and so great, <laughs> but scored all with hard rock, which would be even better. Um. And they even work that into the uh, show as, like, eventually Maho, uh, eventually, um, the dickhead blonde, like, J-pop idol wannabe guy gets a part in the live-action Happy Sangokushi, and he tries to force the female love interest role on Maho, and Maho tells him to go fuck himself, which is... uh, as far as, like, really strong female characters in anime, I, Maho really kind of... She's up there on the list because they give her a lot of agency and, like, she's real feisty and she stands up for herself. And it, it I, this show is just all around a good one. But um, I definitely... 
hope that you guys like the show and like this podcast and hope to check it out. Um, I also hope that you like this episode and this podcast in general. Um, and that you go review it wherever you review podcasts and give me a five-star rating or a five-heart rating or whatever the fuck it is. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast and get it every week. I talk about a new show every week. I have not many made any repeats so far. I am slowly losing my mind, so I'm not sure how long that will last. Um, but... Also, um, share it with your friends, share it on Twitter, be like, hey, this guy talks about anime literally once a week, listen to him, um, he does, like, a full hour show once a week, but, um, he, and I, but until next week, I have been Alex, you've been listening, listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you next time.